You're listening to the Debunked Daily Podcast with Mike Bolton. Uncovering the truth behind the news, we dive deeper down the rabbit hole, shedding light on ways to thrive outside of the system in this strange new world. Welcome back to episode 26 of Debunked Daily. It's been a while, guys. I I still haven't gotten into the think tanks, documents, and simulations that's supposed to be this uh, like season two of the show. Um, but we're definitely in no shortage of, of news um, right now. So I honestly, I just got to get right back to it. And uh, as I'm sure you've seen lately, all the hype right now in the mainstream media is about these uh, Dr. Fauci emails that have, have surfaced right now. And uh, they weren't exactly leaks, but they were uh, released under the Freedom, Freedom of Information Act um, request. Um, so let's just get right into it because uh, this is some, uh, some pretty... Juicy, kind of confusing stuff right now. It's a little hard to kind of uh, maybe to decipher what's actually going on and why the mainstream media would be uh, would even be discussing this right now. Why would they be bringing it to light and focusing on it so much? Because even CNN, you know, is talking about these Fauci emails. Fox News is talking about these Fauci emails. The BBC is talking about these Fauci emails. Like, literally every mainstream media outlet is talking about these Fauci emails. And then, of course, you also have your alternative media that's talking about it. You also have QAnon that's talking about it. All that, right? And every every dis, every different outlet has their own take on... Um, on what these emails are all about. Um, and I'll give you my take as well. Uh, that's also based off of um, seeing a lot of other people's different opinions online and forming my own and forming my own from these uh, different articles I've read. But let's start with... Let's start with the, the trash of trash, CNN. So, got an article for you here. CNN, it's an opinion piece. What Dr. Anthony Fauci's emails reveal and what they don't. CNN. So, this week, 3,234 pages of emails from Dr. Anthony Fauci, the chief medical advisor to the president, were released through a Freedom of Information Act request. I'm still trying to digest them all, as I expect many people are. At times, it feels like reading someone's diary, albeit a post-modernist redacted diary with a non-linear timeline. At other times, it feels like looking... At other times, it feels like looking at the celebrity photos on the front pages of People magazine. He felt that way, too? Uh... Okay, let me just uh, chime in for a second here. Uh, I mean, what a 
like leftist slant to uh, to these emails, right? It's like they're just they're trying to almost compare them to like a tabloid magazine for a second, as if like this is all just like lighthearted stuff. Um. Anyway, let's continue. The emails may not always be exciting, but they are real. Are they? <laughs> yeah, they probably are. There is no uh, hagiography here, uh, and we're um, and we're lucky to get this inside view of our country's scientific enterprise and its intersection with the rest of our federal government. Figured um, figured out what COVID nineteen was how it spread, how to stop it, and how to communicate about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a stretch of imagination this is, um, this, this article. As my uh, initial, um, oh, uh, got a little note here. As, as my initial premonition uh, thought, this isn't about um, convincing people it's a, a real threat Oh yeah, yeah. This is like what they're trying to do here. At CNN is they're trying to paint like a, uh, and CNN and I think the mainstream media. I think they're trying to paint and and bring people back a little bit to thinking this is all of this is actually still about a uh, a virus, right? Because like probably they've noticed that people are are kind of like not really paying attention to the pandemic as much, right? So it's about wrapping people back in and saying like. Whoa, whoa, guys, it like escaped from a lab. Um, let's continue. For many of us, it's fascinating to follow how scientific knowledge accumulated, evolved, and was presented to the public. Some who read these emails will doubtlessly find errors, things that have since those early days been proven false. But I would caution everyone, including Fauci's detractors currently scouring him for missteps, to remember that these are... Errors only in hindsight. Hindsight at the time, no one knew what was the truth. Oh my God! Does the woman who wrote this actually believe what she's writing? Who knows? Um. But yeah, like that. You know, this is just another way of brushing a lot of stuff under the rug, potentially, right? But, um, like all of us. Fauci thought early on that the disease spread primarily through droplets from symptomatic individuals. He, like the rest of us in science, took a month or so to understand that asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic spread was another primary means of transmission. The disease spread through aerosols as well as, as, well as uh, droplets and, the, and that masks are essential regardless of whether someone has symptoms. Fauci's emails revealed that by early April, he was responding to a question about why face coverings were not being advised with. Um, advised with. That recommendation is in works. I celebrate his willingness to say in March of 2020, we'll have to check. <laughs> in response to a question from a, fe a fellow doctor about post-infection immunity. Um, it, it, honestly, it's no wonder that like with articles like this, like if you want to understand why 50% of the population still thinks that like Fauci is a hero and there's an actual pandemic uh, going on, they're reading shit like this. 
Uh, equally worthy of attention are Fauci's clear leadership skills. Over the course of these 3,200 pages, we can watch him manage a tremendous bureaucracy and its intersection with the executive branch. These emails show a man who's trying to move quickly but accurately. He maintains an impressive curiosity and willingness, willingness to at least stay aware of out-of-the-box out ideas. Again, just painting him as a hero. That's pretty much all this article is doing. Uh, in March of 2020, for example, he forwarded a correspondence about the possible COVID-19 immunity of indigenous people harvesting guano, bat excrement in brackets, as well as an idea from a psychiatry professor about using the ant antibiotic minoclane to sh slow viral replication. He commented on an email from a Swedish psychiatrist, there may be nothing to this, but we should at least be aware. And in April of that year, he told a persistent doctor with multiple ideas for possible antiviral agents, you're not being ignored. They're really, uh, CNN's just like, honestly, they're highlighting the most non-important, irrelevant emails. These are all just the st like stupid correspondence with doctors, like just painting him as a hero. Um, It's clear from the consideration he gave these theories and the care with which he addressed the public that Fauci spent time trying to digest the latest information before opening to the nation. Uh, I find the emails about the funding of Fauci's agency particularly fascinating over the course of the messages, budget discussions, transition from small funding increases to tremendous week-on-week -week growth in expenditures, particularly when the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease was empowered by Congress, and that's uh, Fauci's organization, to um, have a $1.532 billion in supplemental uh, appropriations. To put, to put a finer point on this group of emails, it was these bigger dreams and bigger trials that provided us with important answers and ultimately with the vaccines. I also note, of course, what is missing, namely many details from the White House task force. We just get little hints like, let us discuss this when we are together at 4 p.m. at the 4 p.m. TF meeting, for example. That history will have to wait. Only occasional does any uh, only occasionally does any frustration with the federal government responses show up in the emails, such as when he's commenting on the current COVID nineteen uh, nineteen tests being misleading or defending his public presence to fellow public health scientists. I genuflect to no one but science and always, always speak my mind when it comes to public health. Again, like wait till you uh, wait till you see more of the Fox side of this that CNN doesn't talk about at all. Um, but yeah, this is like totally a prop. A, CNN's taking this opportunity to create a propaganda piece to like paint Fauci in the best image here. Um, probably as they always do. Finally, in between the lines, we watch him manage the pandemic as a human. Again, trying to give him a more human image. There are emails where he's clearly overwhelmed. Oh, poor Fauci. Forwarding media request after speaking request to his assistants at the office of the chief of staff. One has to wonder who wouldn't be overwhelmed by this number of requests. Again, poor Fauci, that human element. There are emails where he's tremendously kind, thanking people for their service, telling staff to stay well and safe, or complimenting folks on well-written papers and columns. 
Again and again, he responds to concerned citizens and scientists and journalists with, thank you for your note, aw, what a nice guy. He pays attention both to people he knows, apologetically telling Ralph Nader at 7 p.m. on a Sunday, I receive over 1,000 emails per day, and even with staff screening, I do not see them for days. And to those, he probably doesn't. There are times when he's funny, times when he's frustrated, and times when he's clearly exhausted, admitting that he's simply too tired to make sense of something. Poor Fauci. Throughout, <laughs> throughout his on-paper voice sounds like just like his television voice. He's humble, curious, and committed. My takeaway... He's just like us. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Minus a couple hundred thousand uh, per year. <laughs> or at least he's uh, how most of us like to imagine ourselves to be on our best days. Wow. Thanks, CNN. What a piece of trash. Next. <laughs> okay, let's get on with the Fox article here. Um, this one's a lot more interesting. Of course, it's, you know, more that kind of uh, right-wing conservative slant, although uh, even Fox is is honestly just a little bit more like moderate or like centrist or whatever at this point now. Um, anyway, uh, you got to keep in mind too, like Fox is just another they're just they're owned by the the same six big corporations that call that control all mainstream media, right? So, um, you uh, you you pretty much have to know there's an agenda, even behind the Fox like Fox um, news that's coming out, right? <clears throat> uh, so, Fauci emails spark flood of backlash. Needs to stop playing games. Senator Rand Paul and Tom Cotton, two of Fauci's harshest critics, leading criticism over emails. By Tyler Olson, Fox News. Um, okay, so. A trove of recently released emails to and from top government epidemiologist Anthony Fauci is sparking fierce backlash against him from some Republicans, particularly among those who are harshly critical of the comments on mask wearing. The potential that the coronavirus leaked from a lab the U.S. gave money to, and more. The emails were obtained first by BuzzFeed via a Freedom of Information Act request. Isn't it, isn't it weird that BuzzFeed is the, the first one to get that? Anyway, um, uh, Senator Rand Paul who has been amongst Fauci's harshest critics for months, led reactions on Tuesday morning. Uh, Rand Paul, as many of you know, is the son of Ron Paul, who is like, at least on a political level, was one of, he's like the godfather of the libertarian uh, uh, movement. On a, on a politi political level, right? Of course, you have the, the guys like Milton Friedman and other libertarians that never ran uh, for for politics, right? But uh, Ron Paul actually did run to be president and kind of did open a lot of people's eyes to the libertarian movement that maybe otherwise wouldn't have, have ever even known what uh, libertarianism was or, or what, um, what being a libertarian meant. 
uh, on the political spectrum or anything like that, right? So Ron Paul was a kind of a, he was a legend, and he still has his uh, his Liberty Report um, podcast, and it's like a YouTube series and all this. Um, he still has that going. Uh, I, he's got to be like in his seventies or eighties, but he's still still doing great. I think he did actually have maybe a a heart attack recently, but survived and he's right back up doing the Liberty Report and all that. So Rand Paul, his son's kind of a good guy. Uh, you know, at least it seems he's kind of, he's holding Fauci accountable to some extent. Hopefully it's not just uh, political theater and hopefully Rand Paul isn't just controlled opposition at this point. Um pretty tough to tell these days who's just controlled opposition. Uh, it seems like he was very troubled early on that there was gain of function. This is uh, Rand Paul speaking. He's like, what is, what is gain of function still going on? I thought we paused it. He seemed unclear about whether or not the gain of function research, uh, how it got started again in Wuhan, Paul said on the Tom Rotten morning show on Wednesday. And, and I think he, he was very convinced, although he doesn't say it in the emails, concerned that he continued to fund it through NIH, even though they weren't doing gain of function. Um, this, is, this is the thing that once people knew this, this is explosive, that he, he knew about the gain of function and he's trying to cover it up, Paul added. Uh, I'm going to just for a second... Talk about what this gain of function uh, research actually is and how kind of like disturbing that they are funding that. They're funding that over in like the Wuhan um, virology lab as well, right? So, uh, so what is gain of function research? Like a lot of you probably actually know this, right? But uh, let's just cover it again. Um, so gain of function is a, a field research focused on growing generations of microorganisms under conditions that cause mutations in a virus. These experiments are termed gain of function because they involve manipulating pathogens in a way that they gain an advantage in or through a function such, such as increased transmittability, right? So it's like making stronger viruses, essentially. That's what this research is about. I can't really think of any positive reason for doing this kind of research. Um, such experiments allow scientists to better predict emerging infectious diseases and to develop vaccines and therapeutics. Yeah, as if, like, okay, based off we what we know, right? And if you've read any of, like... Uh, you know, the different uh, documents by the Rockefeller Foundation and all this, which, of course, I'm going to cover like later in this season. You know that they paint everything under this sort of like geist that they're helping the world's population for uh, the potential of future pandemics and viruses and all this. But notice the last part of this uh, sentence, right? To better predict emerging infectious diseases... And most importantly, and to develop vaccines and therapeutics. So I think that 
really honestly, this gain of function research is probably a lot more to do with how do we come up with like products, vaccines and therapeutics, but mostly vaccines to uh, mandate to the public for said viruses that we either create or at least create the perception of. So it's really about selling vaccines at the end and at the end of the day. Uh, gain of function research may use genetic engineering or serial passaging. Genetic engineering involves editing the genetic code to modify the virus in a way predetermined by the scientists. It's playing God much, and uh, and our tax dollars are are funding this. By the way. Meanwhile, serial passaging involves allowing the pathogen to grow under different circumstances and then observing the changes. For example, the pathogen may be first grown in one environment and then a portion of it may be taken and allowed to grow in, a different, in different sets of controlled environments. The pro process is continuously repeated and the final product, final product <laughs> is compared to the original pathogen to understand how the microbe changed its genetic code. Anyway, so that is the gain of, uh, gain of function research. Let's, uh, let's continue on. <clears throat> Paul was referencing one email exchange between Fauci and his deputy, Hugh Auchincloss. Hugh, it is essential that we speak this AM. Keep your cell phone on. I have a conference call at 745 with Azar. It's likely, it likely will be over at 8.45 a.m. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you now. This is Fauci, by the way, so I should do his voice. You'll have tasks today that must be done, Fauci wrote in one of the emails BuzzFeed obtained and published. The paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain-of-function pause but have since been reviewed and approved by NIH. Aachen Kloss said in an email to Fauci. <clears throat> Not what, know what that means since Emily is sure that no coronavirus work has gone through the P3 framework. She will try to determine is she will try to determine if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. She will try to determine as if we, if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. As if he wouldn't know that, right? So what I think they're trying to do here with these emails is they're trying to, it's almost like they've left a trail of breadcrumbs like purposely to kind of create this like plausible deniability because like notice it's like, She'll try to determine as if we have if we have any distant ties to this work abroad, this work abroad, this gain of function research with the Wuhan virology uh, lab, as if he doesn't know that. Come on, so plausible deniability. Again, I many of you, of course, know what plausible deniability means, but I did find. A very uh, interesting definition of it here. So let's uh, let's have a read here. P 
Plausible deniability is, is the ability of people, typically senior officials in a formal or informal chain of command, to deny knowledge of or responsibility for any damnable actions committed by others in an organizational hierarchy because of a lack of absence or evidence that can confirm their participation, even if they were personally involved in or at least willfully ignorant of the actions. If illegal or otherwise disreputable and unpopular activities become public, high-ranking officials may deny any awareness of such acts to insulate themselves and shift the blame onto the agents who carried out the acts as they are confident that their doubters will be unable to prove otherwise. The lack of evidence to the contrary ostensibly makes the denial plausible credible but sometimes it makes the denial only unactionable so you you have one of your like underlings like oh she'll try to determine as if we have any distant ties as if we have any distant ties to the work abroad right uh the term typically implies forethought such, such as intentionally setting up the conditions for the plausible avoidance of responsibility for one's future actions or knowledge. In some organizations, legal doctrines such as command responsibility exist to hold major parties responsible for the actions of subordinates who are involved in heinous acts and nullify any legal protection that their denial of involvement would carry. In politics and espionage... Deniability refers to the ability of a powerful player or intelligence agency to pass the buck and to avoid blowback by secretly arranging for an action to be taken on its behalf by a third party that is ostensibly unconnected with the major player in with it, with the major player. In political campaigns, plausible deniability enables candidates to stay clean and denounce third-party advertisements that use unethical approaches or potentially li uh, libelous innuendo. Although plot, this is interesting. This last part, although plausibility, plausible deniability has existed through history, the term was coined by the CIA in the early 1960s to describe the withholding of information from senior officials to protect them from repercussions if illegal or unpopular activities became public knowledge. Wow. So much like the term conspiracy theorist, it came from the CIA. Okay. Back to this Fox article. <clears throat> Uh, there's also these email exchanges with this guy, Peter Daszak, who was the actual funder, Paul continued. Paul was referencing Daszak's organization, EcoHealth, which received millions in grants from National Institute of Health, NIH, including a $600,000 grant from Fauci's agency, the Nat National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the NIAID that it later paid to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to study the risk that bat coronaviruses could infect humans. And I really honestly wonder, is that actually what the money was going towards? Or was it honestly just another way of, uh, just another way of collecting tax dollars uh, for supposed research in regards to, you know, 
the study of risk that bat coronavirus could infect humans, uh, when in actuality it was probably going towards the development of the the vaccines, right? Um, anyway, Fauci defended the, the grant in a recent con- uh, congressional hearing, saying its purpose was to study the animal-to-human inter- interface to do surveillance and to determine if these bat viruses were even capable of infecting humans. Fauci also cited comments from Francis Collins, the director of NIH, who said earlier in the hearing that American taxpayer money, okay, that went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology was not approved to conduct gain-of-function research, which is research that involves modifying a virus to make it more infectious among humans. You're like, I don't think there's any good reason, again, to play around with that kind of thing, modifying a virus to make it more infectious among humans. Where, where's the benefit in that? Unless you're trying to depopulate the world. <laughs> um, nevertheless, Collins said the NIH would not be aware of other activities at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. When they call for an investigation, who do they put in charge of it? But this Peter Daszak, who is buddies with Fauci, who is thanking him privately in emails for covering up the Wuhan leak. So it's all so incestuous, Paul added. In one email released by Buzz, BuzzFeed, Dazik thanked Fauci for pouring cold water on the lab leak theory. Dazik was a member of a, of a World Health Organization team that visited the Wuhan Institute of Virology as part of an investigation earlier this year into the virus's origins that's been widely penned as lacking transparency even by the White House. <clears throat> so here's the... Uh, Here's this email from uh, this Dazic character to Fauci. I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19 from a bat to a human spillover, not a, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Dazic said in an email. Fauci replied, many thanks for your kind note. Like, is this shit real or, or is this like just where like, are these just fake emails and like supposed to like be like breadcrumbs that make you think a certain way? Who knows? Um, Fauci said in a briefing the previous evening that the virus was totally consistent with a jump of species from an animal to a human. Uh, let's take a second bouncing around a lot here. Let's talk about, because we're talking about like, you know, viruses jumping from an animal to a human, which as many of you know, with these previous pandemics, you know, swine flu, bird flu, mad cow disease, they love that uh, they love to make it like kind of put the blame on animals as the uh, the way that the virus spread. And there used to be also that HIV AIDS narrative that like some dude. <laughs> Wasn't it like maybe it was just a joke, but it was like some dude like had sex with a monkey in Africa or some shit like this. Anyway, let's just uh, 
<laughs> Let's talk about the difference between um, uh, so germ theory and uh, and terrain theory, though, because yeah, this whole like um, viruses being spread from animals to humans. There's a lot of doctors and virologists that don't believe that to be true. And it's the difference between germ theory and terrain theory. So uh, this right, this article here was posted on July 2nd, 2017. Um, it's from a website called differencebetween.com. Many di uh, diseases are caused by infectious agents or germs. These infectious agents are referred to as microorganisms. The germ theory of disease states that diseases are caused by microorganisms. This theory was introduced and proven by many scientists, among them the great scientist Louise Pasteur, scientifically proved that the germ theory of disease is correct. However, there is another theory called terrain theory, which states a different idea about the diseases and the causes. Terrain theory states that diseases are results of our internal environment and its ability to maintain homeostasis against outside threats. These two theories are considered to be equally important for our health. Therefore, it is important to know the difference between these two theories. The key difference between germ theory and terrain theory is that germ theory states that germs are the causative agents of most diseases, while terrain theory states that our internal environment and its elements are responsible for the diseases. There's a lot of uh, people talking about this, uh, the, the terrain theory idea or ideology. Um, like one guy in particular that I've uh, listened to a bit is this guy, Tom Barnett. And another one that I've heard of briefly and checked out a little bit is uh, this Zach Bush, um, MD, doctor. Um, oh, and terrain theory was uh, initially uh, initiated by Claude Bernard, who lived from uh, eight, eight, 1813 to 1878. Um, oh, and another person that speaks quite a bit or ha believes in terrain theory and also has a lot of other like really awesome information about real health, not just like big pharma ideas on what health is. Big pharma's idea of what health is, is whatever they can, what, however they can profit off of you. Cause I'm sure many of you've heard this quote, there's no money in healthy people. They need sick people, right? They, and uh, they want to keep people on drugs that will essentially kind of like Ease the pain, but not get to the root of the of the cause of the illness, right? So, a lot of uh, a lot of drugs, especially in the American big pharma, are kind of meant to kind of like mask the pain, but not cure the actual root problem, the the sickness itself. Uh, just also a little note about this Tom Barnett guy, and I may even talk about him later in this podcast. Tom Barnett. He talks about um, how viruses are pretty much actually your body, your body's reaction to toxins. And when your body gets a little bit too toxic, too much toxicity, your body begins to shed those toxins. And that's what kind of manifests itself as a you know, cold or 
or flu, and that's what a virus is. Um, oh, and he says another way that you can that you can actually you can get a virus because you can't you apparently can't catch a virus according to Tom Burnett. You can't catch it. You can get it from your exposure to toxins, and then your body, you know, it manifests itself as a cold, flu, what many, you know, and other different, uh, and diseases and, and this. Um, but he said the, the other way and the way that big pharma would never want you to know you can get a virus. And one of the, probably the most effective ways is you can get it from a vaccine and there's nothing like, uh, just shooting someone up and getting whatever poison cocktail, uh, vaccine into their bloodstream to make them sick and give them a whole host of new uh, problems, right? Um, Here's a quick like blog post by Tommy John. Another really super interesting thing I learned from uh, listening to Tommy, Dr. Tommy John is that, uh, and I've heard it from another, a few other doctors as well, is that, uh, you don't actually get skin cancer from the sun. And if anything, the, the UVA rays I've heard are maybe a little bit, a little bit damaging. Like you maybe if you're like super pale, like myself, you might not w- want to be out in the, the sun for, you know, four hours straight without maybe taking a break and getting some shade. <laughs> but also like the best thing you can do is build up a tan over time because that's your body's natural resistance to the sun and you'll be able to stay out in the sun longer. But Tommy John talks about how um, it's not actually the sun that is causing skin cancer because the sun is actually, the sun is medicine. The sun is your vitamin D and... Um, it's, it's crucial. Vitamin D is so crucial and it's such a, a healer of all things. Your body needs it so bad, right? Um, and the, the, like the benefits of the sun would outweigh any uh, maybe exposure to UVA rays. But like um, Tommy John talks all about like he, he's such an, I guess, an advocate for getting lots and lots of sunshine. Uh, which with this whole COVID hoax, some people are definitely not getting enough vitamin D. Anyway, here's this uh, blog post by Tommy John. Viruses and bacteria have been with us as long as humankind has been around. Our bodies are like 90% bacteria, bacteria, LOL. (laughs) Viruses and bacteria are mentors of sorts to alert us and prepare us for our environment so we adapt and survive. Sometimes that survival response can be all that the system can do and the body can't keep up. But it's not the viruses and bacteria that did so. It's the body's inability to adapt with the microbiome, not the biome itself. But everything is a theory. Explore, research, dig, Not using Google, he says. (laughs) 
Yeah, use DuckDuckGo um, and see what you come up with. If germ theory were, were correct, we'd all be dead. We are crawling with all sorts of virulent, strong, iconic bacteria and viruses, but why aren't we all falling over and dying? Great question. Because, he says, the terrain of our systems work with those bacteria and viruses to maintain a balance, a relationship, constantly breaking down and constantly building up, constantly reading the environment we choose to put ourselves and constantly adapting what we feel ourselves spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, nutritionally, mentally, and physically. Baseballs don't cause arm injuries. Spouses don't cause depression. Tackling doesn't cause concussions. Food and drugs don't cure. And germs don't cause diseases. It's how our body adapts to those stimuli that is the expression of our results. Our immune systems end pandemics, quote-unquote, and this isn't a pandemic. Fucking awesome. Legendary. And I, I actually, I, I love this guy. Uh, I just love, he's a doctor, but he's such a, he's such a goddamn straight shooter, you know? And like, we need, we need more doctors like him in this world. <laughs> okay, back to this Fox News article. Um... Okay, so yeah, that's germ theory and terrain theory. Dr. Fauci coordinated with one of the Wuhan lab's funders to cover up plausible notion that the virus could have come from inside the lab. Dr. Fauci needed to stop playing games and answer questions about his role in finding the very lab that may have unleashed this pandemic on the world, Senator Tom Cotton said in a statement to Fox News. Um, the NIAID, Fauci's organization, did not respond to a request for comment regarding the emails. Of course not. In another email obtained by BuzzFeed, Fauci was warned as early as January 31st by another infectious disease expert named Christian G. Anderson about the uh, possibility that the virus could have leaked from a lab and been artificially altered. Anderson said in an email to Fauci that when looking really close, quote-unquote, at the COVID-19 virus, some of the features potentially look engineered. I'm going to, like, later on, I'm going to talk about patents and how they actually have a patent on, like, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And that this kind of plays into my overall thinking about what COVID-19 actually is, which also relates to like why, they're, um, why they would leak out these Fauci emails like with confidence and not be worried about, um, you know, it tracing back to like, you know, the Wuhan lab leak and then potentially to the patent but I'll talk about that later. Then we got a picture here of uh, 
and it looks very staged. Like they all have masks on. They're sitting in a car and they're outside the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology. And this is this Peter Daszak, uh, Thea Fisher, and other members of the World Health Organization investigating the origins of the COVID-19 coronavirus. They arrive at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan's China Central Hubei province on February 3rd, 2021. That looks so staged. Um, Anderson continued to say that he and others all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory, but that those opinions could still change. Those opinions did in fact change. Anderson recently said that he now thinks the lab leak theory is highly unlikely due to data that he's seen since. Fauci apparently took serious questions about whether the virus leaked from a lab early in the pandemic before later dismissing the possibility. And others are moving in the opposite direction. Both President Biden and congressional Republicans say that accumulating intelligence supports at least taking a serious look at these lab leak theories. Biden said as recently as last week that at least some in the U.S. intelligence community believe a lab leak is more likely than an animal to human transmission. Hmm. Interesting. Biden said that. Uh, Fox News reported this in April 2020, and the story was flagged to Fauci in an email from Collins, which was obtained and published by BuzzFeed. The subject of Francis' email was conspiracy gains momentum. Fauci's responses to Collins is, re- uh, to Collins is redacted. Uh, so they, they blacked out his response. So that could have actually been maybe important. <laughs> A handful of other emails from Fauci are also triggering backlash, including comments Fauci made early in the pandemic that were consistent with his public statements against mask wearing. And we all know that he had uh, multiple opinions that he, about masks. Uh, he went back and forth saying that like, oh no, there's really no need to wear a mask. Uh, only an infectious person should wear one. And maybe if you had like a little schmutz or something like this, you might want to wear a mask to stop it. But For the most part, no, you shouldn't wear a mask. And then later on, you should double mask. (laughs) One woman who's traveling asked Fauci if she should wear a mask to the airport. Fauci said that she should not. Masks are really for infected people. To protect them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out a virus. Oh, you think? So those little cloth pieces of shit. And I mean, let's be honest, they're all fucking useless, uh, which is small, uh, keeping out a virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. Yeah, no shit. He said in one of the emails obtained by Buzzfeed, it might, however, provide some slight benefit to keep out gross droplets. If someone coughs or sneezes on you, I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very Low risk location. So he says, low. Now, this was about the airport. Okay. She asked him if she should wear a mask to the airport. He said, specifically because you're going to a low risk location. Yet airports are the, are like the worst in terms of like this authoritarian enforcement of masks. Of like, especially the planes. Right. So that's interesting. 
Uh, Fauci and other public health experts said early in the pandemic that the public should not buy masks so that hospitals could have enough and because there was not conclusive science that they worked for people who were not infected with the virus. The major factor in the changed mask recommendation, former Surgeon General Jerome Adams said, was the percentage of COVID infections that are asymptomatic. What has changed in our recommendations, Adam said in a White House briefing in July, we now know from recent studies that a significant portion of individuals with coronavirus lack symptoms. Symptoms, Right, so, um, so uh, healthy people are without symptoms or what we have to worry about, right? Bullshit. Um, yeah, and like back to the Tom Burnett thing, like apparently viruses don't really even spread person to person. Okay, so... Still, many on the right say contradictions from Fauci combined with his comments on the lab leak theory and more have caused caused them to lose trust in the NIAID director. You think? Um, Isn't it interesting, too, that, like, Fox is now uh, referring to many on the right? Like, Fox, aren't you supposed to be the right? What happens? There's no, no money on the right, I guess, anymore, eh? (laughs) Fauci emails have only made the need to hashtag fire Fauci more obvious rep representative Roy is sponsoring a bill to do that the press office for representative Chip Roy of Texas tweeted Uh, how about the hashtag hang Fauci that's a better one fuck firing him he'll just be in the shadow government doing something but uh other emails in the trove uncovered by buzzfeed were more lighthearted, including one in which fauci was reflecting on the fact that many were sexualizing him and now scandal ridden new york governor and andrew cuomo blah 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 uh that's just a that's just a bunch of fluff at the end uh who cares and uh anyway that's the fox article All right, so you got your CNN article, which was just like utter trash. You got your Fox article where, you know, it was a little more, a little more interesting. It actually kind of talked about the, the supposed Wuhan lab leak and some of that. And then we covered, you know, a lot of like, you know, the interesting concepts with like the germ theory and uh how they always set up they always set up this plausible deniability you know uh so they can blame everything on 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 someone else right they always they always need a scapegoat they always need a fall man um but now let's get into like uh like what i think is going on here and i i think that there's it's it's one of basically it's one of two things that's that's happening right now in terms of why they are releasing these Fauci emails. Cause if it's on mainstream media, they're they're clearly doing it on purpose, right? Mainstream media doesn't cover actual reality news or truth of what's going on for the most part. So um we got the good, the bad. And the ugly. We got uh, scenario one, scenario two, and then what I would just call reality. Something 
you know, somewhere in between these two, reading between the lines of these two scenarios, will we get closer to some to what's the true reality of what's going on here? Okay, so scenario one is, or scenario A, whatever we want to call this. Um, I would call this like what a lot of the, for example, like QAnon, I'd call it almost like your Q narrative. Okay. It's, um, it's like a really like hopeful narrative because there's a lot of people right now who, if they've been following Q, they're, they feel right now, like this is a real culminating moment and maybe it is right. Maybe it is. But they feel this is a really culminating moment and that like, you know, all the criminals are being like, uh, all the corruption is coming to light. The criminals are being rounded up, including Fauci, of course, right? And maybe Fauci's the first, the first go- to go down, right? Um, but the criminals are being rounded up and being held accountable because you can see that Fauci's now being held accountable to some extent, or it's looking like that, right? Um, but now, like, and let's read into that uh, a little bit more, though, um, in terms of what's happening behind the scenes in this scenario one, is that, the, that they, the powers that be, have realized people aren't buying the pandemic, quote-unquote, narrative anymore, right? Summer's here. People are outside. Uh, you know, some aren't following the rules anymore. Um, and then, you know, you got the states. The states are pretty much almost fully open, many of them. Um, and the shadow government, the powers that be, the ruling class, they knew that Fauci would be their fall man. So they're throwing him under the bus for the public. And... Um, they're, yeah, they're throwing him under the bus for the public, and you know they. Uh, but but this is the this is the really good part of this um, that they that they end the pandemic. Okay, scenario one. They end the they end the pandemic because they've realized that if they keep pushing this bullshit, like people have had have pretty much had it, and that they risk they risk waking up too many people okay so they have a contingency plan for everything and and the contingency plan now is well you know we as say for example the Rothschild family or the Rockefellers or the St. Clair's DuPonts whatever it might be we we can't have the people wake up to the point where they start coming for us. So let's throw Fauci under the bus. Um, so they kind of end the pandemic. Of course, they'd still probably, you know, continue to push the vaccines a little bit for those that want it and all this. Right. And they probably do still continue on with the plan. But maybe they ease back a little bit on the on the masks. Maybe they end the lockdowns, you know, for the summer or whatever until they can come up with the next scam or until the vaccines start kicking in because you know that's when the real health problems are going to start for people 
that's when the real pandemic is going to start, maybe. Actually, no, there's no, there's no maybe, unfortunately, in that. Um, but, I mean, hopefully not too many people take it. Uh, but anyway, they, yeah, they, they quote unquote, they end the pandemic cause they, they don't want to trigger too many people to, to wake up, let's say, right. Again, this is the really hopeful narrative, right. And, and I, like, I don't know if like, this isn't exactly what like Q believes, right. They just believe it's the culminating moment. Uh, you know, everything's coming to light. You've been watching a movie this whole time. Trust the plan, etc. The white hats are in control, etc. Um, so they end, they end the pandemic for now. They go back to the drawing board. They still have like other plans, you know, things they're moving forward with 5g, the vaccines, uh, great reset agenda 2030. It's still, you know, that's still what they want, but maybe they have to go about it a different way now, you know, Oh, food shortages, whatever it might be. Right. Uh, climate change is still. Something they love pushing. That's scenario one. Here is scenario two. So scenario one, the good. Scenario two, the bad. And I would say more likely probable. <laughs> so similar to scenario one in, is that um, the powers that be have realized people aren't buying the pandemic narrative. Um, However, they're still pushing forward with the agenda. The multi-pronged agenda that's, you know, happening in the background always, right? And they need people to take the vaccine. Okay, this is the most key part of, of this scenario too, right? As to, and now again, all these scenarios explore why the fuck... Are they actually releasing these Fauci emails? Scenario one is they need the fall man. They need the scapegoat, right? Because they need to backpedal. And they're not going to risk their own ask, ask, but they're going to risk. But they knew that Fauci, they'd throw him under the bus, whatever. He's a little guy. He's a puppet, right? Uh, but scenario two, they need people to take the vaccine. But again, to pref the preface part of this is that they've, but people aren't buying the pandemic narrative anymore. Again, the summer's here. People are outside. Some people aren't wearing the masks. The states are pretty much all open. Ontario is another fucking story. Canada is another story. So, but anyway, they, they need people to take the vaccine. So how... So now they need to create the narrative that the virus is real, right? Of course you, of course you have your people on, on the, the left and you have your normies and your sheep who they think the virus is real and still a threat. But, you know, there's a lot of more like uh, conservative-minded people, libertarian-minded people, freedom minded people who can who think for themselves <laughs> who they're not buying it anymore 
So how do they convince those people that they need to take a vaccine, right? I mean, they're never gonna, they're never gonna convince the the real truthers, right? But you know, can they get some con- conservatives still who were just on the fence? Yeah, maybe they can. So, you know, how do they create that narrative? Well, what they do is they release these Fauci emails and they they go back to what what used to just be the conspiracy theory narrative that it, that it leaked from a lab, right? And now the mainstream media confirms, and they won't say it in these words, but it's like the conspiracy theorists were right. It was potentially a Wuhan lab leak, and it actually is indeed a bioweapon from China. China. Um, (laughs) And uh, this could actually be a very, uh, a way of getting uh, less intelligent conservatives to take the jab. And overall, it does ramp up a bit of fear because, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, fuck. Now Fox is telling me it's from a, um, it's from the Wuhan, Wuhan lab. I like Fox. I'm like, you know, for a, like a conservative, let's say. I li- you know, I, I, I like Tucker Carlson. I still kind of trust Fox. And now I kind of like this narrative that like, that it came from China. That's kind of what I thought all along, right? A lot of people who think like this. And now, if they're actually starting to view it as like a bioweapon, then they start to believe that maybe they should take the vaccine. A lot of people um, are kind of missing the... Uh, they're, they're missing the kind of like the the potential, like the ways that they could be using these Fauci emails to actually, even though it seems like they're in, they would be incriminating Fauci and like exposing the truth and all this could also just be a way of, uh, of selling the, the conservatives, the Republicans on taking the vaccine. It's like, oh fuck, this is a bioweapon. <laughs> Shit. I wasn't going to take that thing, but maybe I should now, you know? So we got scenario one, scenario two, and scenario two, that's, that's what I think it is, right? But then I have my um, kind of like, like true reality or new take, you know, the good, the bad, and this is the, the ugly. Um, it's reading in between the lines. It's somewhere in between scenario one, scenario two, you have this, uh, what's, like the, the true, the true reality. Okay. And the true reality is there probably isn't even a COVID-19 virus. Like it's never been isolated. And that leads me to this uh, short little article here. But some of you may know that um, even the headline says it itself. Laboratories in the U.S. can't find COVID-19 in 1,500 positive PCR tests. Published on April 15th, 
2021. So, a clinical scientist and immunologist, virologist at a Southern California laboratory says he and his colleagues from seven universities are suing the CDC for massive fraud. The reason, not one of 1,500 samples of pe uh, people tested positive could find COVID-19. All people were simply found to have influenza A and to a lesser extent, influenza B. This is consistent with the previous findings of other scientists, which we have reported on several times. Dr. Derek Nas says, when my lab team and I subjected the 1500 supposedly positive COVID-19 samples to Koch uh, prostulates and put them under an SEM electron microscope, we found no COVID in all 1500 samples. We found that all 1500 samples were primarily influenza A and some influenza B, but no cases of COVID. We did not use this, uh, the bullshit PCR test. At seven universities, not once COVID detected. When we sent the rest of the samples to Stanford, Cornell, and a couple of the labs at the University of California, they came up with the same result, no COVID. They found influenza A and B. Then we all asked the CDC for viable samples of COVID. The CDC said they can't give them because they don't have the samples. So we came to the hard conclusion through all our research and lab work that COVID-19 was imaginary and fictitious. The flu was only called COVID and most of the 225,000 deaths were from comorbidities such as heart disease, cancer, diabetes, pulmonary emphysema, etc. They got the flu, which further weakened their immune system, and they died. Right, because 600,000 people per year in the U.S. die from the flu. Some of you may know that. But the flu disappeared in 2020, 2021. Wow, must be all the mask wearing and social distancing, eh, guys? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then, then why is COVID running rampant? Uh... Anyway, this virus is fictitious. I still need to find one viable sample with COVID-19 to work with. We who conducted the lab test with these 1,500 samples at the seven universities are now suing the CDC for COVID-19 fraud. The CDC, the CDC still has, has not sent us a viable, isolated, and purified sample of COVID-19. If they can't or won't, then I say there is no, no COVID-19. It's fictional. So... Great little article. I mean, I'm definitely of the same uh, perspective. Why I'm, <laughs> why I'm more of uh, this is why I'm more of the belief, though. Um, you know, that COVID nineteen doesn't really exist. I have well, I have a lot of reasons to believe that, but um, and and it really is just the flu, like rebranded. Um. Yeah. So anyway. Let's continue with this uh, kind of like true reality scenario of, of what's, uh, what's really going on and, and that there is no uh, virus. You know, they love the now – they're, now they're pushing this Wuhan lab leak thing. But like what's, what's the truth? Um, then, then again, we have Tom Barnett and, you know, Dr. Tommy John and um, Zach – Zach Bush, and I, you know, honestly, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of, of doctors who have more 
of this perspective of terrain theory and the fact that you can't actually catch a virus. Aside from one of, well, from toxicity in your body, but then one of the best ways, as Tom Burnett says, is from a vaccine. You know, like, I don't know if you guys know many people who, for example, take the flu shot. I always thought, like, way, way before this, long before this, what a fucking useless, why would you fucking take a flu shot? It's the fucking flu, right? I've, I don't know, I've always just trusted my immune system, and that's worked, uh, that's worked pretty well for me. Honestly, the only time I've been in a hospital was if I broke a bone, okay? And that's like twice. One was actually a compound fracture in my wrist where I, I broke both bones. But that's, uh, so that, that was pretty serious actually, but that's another story. Aside from that, personally, knock on wood, I've had great health and it's just all about like trusting my immune system, trying to, you know, I eat, I actually eat pretty well. Um, and I mean, lately, God, like I'm just discovering so many different like health, health, like real health tips. I'm drinking cleaner water. I got a Berkey water filter that I use now. Um, trying to eat healthier, taking my vitamins, getting sunlight, all those things. The ways, but the ways that we get a virus though are through our bodies being exposed to toxins. Okay. Now, one thing for sure is there's definitely, is there an increase in toxins and our exposure to toxicity going on right now in the world? I would say so. Uh, you see all those 5G towers that went up and people being at home more as well, surrounded by Wi-Fi. Multiple people in their household all using Wi-Fi. The EMFs that come from that and the e EMFs that come from these new 5G towers. Then we got food, which of course, like, you know, your store-bought grocery food, unfortunately, I st and I still, I still buy it. I'd love to move to like just eating like organic fruits and vegetables with like that are like all like locally sourced from from farmers who don't use pesticides or anything like that, but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I would like to get there though. Um, so anyone, you know, and I, when I buy food from the grocery store, I'm trying to like decipher between stuff and, and buy the more healthy stuff. Cause there, there are levels to what you buy at the grocery store, obviously. Right. You know, if you're buying TV dinners, that's a lot worse than, say, buying, you know, fresh produce and like, and, you know, your meats and that kind of thing. Whole grain carbohydrates, slow releasing carbohydrates, things like that, you know. Then we got, this is probably one that people don't think about, hand sanitizer. 
They're pushing that hand sanitizer all over the place, which we now know is it's carcinogenic in a lot of cases. But even aside from that, it's full of chemicals. Nobody could list off the chemicals that's on that's probably in your average hand sanitizer. Um, you know, it's not just like rubbing alcohol. I'm sure there's other things in there. And, and we have heard that it's uh, carcinogenic. So there we go. Another one. Then we got the COVID tests, which uh, I heard much like the masks, which we'll get into, they... They put like ethanol oxide on the tip of these uh, of these COVID tests, the one that they stick up your nose, eight eight inches up into your uh, nasal cavity, breaking your uh, blood brain barrier <laughs> in some cases, which apparently also weakens your immune system. So anyone getting like those COVID tests on a regular basis is probably also fucking up their immune system there. Right, so this is all the different ways they're hitting you, like they're hitting you with like, it it is aside from just being information and psychological warfare, it's also like this like very subliminal chemical warfare that's going on, but on a level that's so subliminal that most people would have no idea, because it's like really subtle stuff. It's like hand sanitizer, five G, Wi Fi, the food you eat. The next one is the water you drink. Tap water is, you know, it's fluoride, it's chlorine, it's a whole bunch of other chemicals. This is why like since, uh, you know, COVID in 2020, 2021, it's been a huge awakening for me. Uh, You know, obviously with all this sort of like conspiratorial type stuff, but also just in terms of health, like I'm drinking better water trying to eat help more healthy. I have a better understanding of like the way your body works, like what a virus actually is. You know, I still don't fully understand all the health stuff, but I'm, I'm learning more and more. The other day I learned that dandelions are apparently, if they're like pesticide free and all this, they're an amazing like remedy or uh, preventative uh, measure that you can take for heart disease. They're apparently amazing for your heart, which... I'm particularly interested in because heart disease is uh, hereditary for me. It's in, it's in my family. Uh, it's in, it's in my DNA <laughs> or so we think, right? Maybe people just need to eat some more dandelions. Um, okay. Then the next one, chemtrails, these chemtrails, they got their, uh, pretty much their. Well, I know for sure they're putting like metal, heavy metals in there. Like, what is it? Barium and iron and aluminum and all of this. Just, again, just more toxins that your body is absorbing. And then the really, you know, the really scary shit is maybe maybe they're also putting fucking uh, nanoparticles in the chemtrails. And then uh, I don't even know if I want to go down this rabbit hole and I won't go too deep down it. But like there's also some theories that maybe they're putting like the vaccine in the chemtrails. So it's like whether you want to take it or not, that you're breathing that shit in or absorbing it. But I think based on the fact that they're still trying to, here's the little hopeful note though. 
based on the fact that they're still trying to sell people so hard on taking the vaccine, I feel like there's nothing quite like getting it into someone's bloodstream. And that's why I don't know if even like the chemtrail thing is quite as effective. And I think that we might, those of us who don't take the vaccine will probably be much, much better off than those who do, needless to say. So we got water, hand sanitizer, the food, the 5G, the Wi-Fi, the, the COVID tests. Okay, here's, here's, the, here's a big one. The masks. <laughs> How many hours a day are these people wearing their masks? Some of them, it must be honestly 18 hours a day or 16 hours a day. They maybe take it off when they're sleeping. Are there idiots out there who actually wear it while they're sleeping too? If you can dream it up, I'm sure someone's doing it. So I'm sure someone out there is wearing their mask 24-7, even when they sleep. Maybe they take it off when they eat. <laughs> then we got um, drugs, like your regular pharmaceuticals and, and all that that people are already, were already taking before all this, right? Um, which are meant to keep you sick, right? So that's just been going on for a long time. And then, of course, we have the newest one, the vaccines. And vaccines will be what really causes probably the actual pandemic. So... That's why, like, what I come back down to is that, like, this whole Wuhan lab leak thing is just a way of, uh, of scaring more people to think that it was an actual bioweapon. And, uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, like the Fauci emails, I should say specifically. It's a way to convince people that it was, that COVID-19 was an actual Wuhan lab leak and a bioweapon, potentially China- attacking the U.S. and all the other countries globally with an actual bioweapon, a respiratory virus disease. And, um, but then in, in, actual, in actuality, it's to ramp up the fear again because people aren't buying it anymore because they need a way of pushing people to take these vaccines. Um, and then here is the real kicker, like the real, the real reason, I'm going to try to ex explain this. this, is another like little theory of, of mine, and I'm sure it's not just mine, but um, the virus is patented, you can look it up, it's like US 777 something or other, um, it's patented, but you're not allowed to patent something that is naturally born, okay? You're only allowed to patent something that is man-made. But if it's man-made, then it would be incriminating to have it also patented and then also release these Fauci emails that talk about it coming from the Wuhan lab. So my theory is now keep 
here's another point, and this is where I'm really going with this. You can, however, you can patent a name. You can patent a brand. So what I think is going on here is that COVID-19 is actually just... It's people getting colds, flus, other coronaviruses, other illnesses, naturally as they do, but even maybe even a little bit more because of this introduction of like some of the new things like 5G, more chemtrails, COVID tests, wearing a mask constantly and breathing in your own toxins, breathing in your own carbon uh, dioxide and... Uh, inhibiting your breathing when you when you inhale you inhale oxygen which is good when you exhale you exhale toxins and carbon dioxide right and when you deprive yourself of like the most important thing right maslow's hierarchy of needs oxygen you're really you're slowly killing yourself let's be honest um, not to mention whatever they're lacing the masks with, ethanol, oxide, whatever, and, you know, things like that, um, nanoparticles and all this shit. Um, but, again, you can patent a name and you can, you can patent, like, a brand or name. So, I think that COVID-19 is actually just an, it's like a name. It's just a name. It's a brand, SARS-CoV-2. Um, you know, it, it's it's a name. It's a brand. And then through this system that they have and through... None of this would be possible without the PCR test, right? But you, you have people naturally getting the things that they do. Cold, flu, pneumonia, coronaviruses... And they're also getting them more because of all these, all this increased toxicity with the masks, the 5G, chemtrails, all that. And then naturally people are going to uh, get sick a little more. Not to mention that stress caused by fear also makes people get sick more. So those who are fully buying the, the, the narrative that we're in a pandemic, they're more stressed out. They're more fearful they get they're getting sick more because they're they're worried sick. There's a reason why that phrase exists. And then there are also the hypochondriacs. They're the people that are most likely to just run off to the hospital if they get the fucking sniffles, right? So then they go, they get that PCR test, which is running at, you know, 37 cycles or 40 cycles or whatever it might be, depending on where you live and depending on how much they're trying to uh, increase the narrative that COVID-19 is uh, running rampant and it's so contagious and all the cases, the cases, the variants, right? So, yeah, it's but it's like, I think it doesn't exist. It's fictional. It, um, it's a name. It's a, it's a brand. It's a way of uh, in, in connection or collaboration with the PCR test, a way of calling everything COVID-19 and a way of bringing in this new 
authoritarian, totalitarian regime, medical tyranny, all because of a uh, the flu. So that that is pretty much uh, that's pretty much it. Actually, I do have <laughs> there's a there's a woman I follow on Instagram. And she has an interesting, uh, she has an interesting take on this whole thing as well. Um, and it's not, it's not your typical, it's, it's not what we're mostly seeing, uh, from people right now. Like, I get it. I understand. We probably all want to celebrate and be like, yeah, fuck Fauci. That's right. That's right, bitch. I told you so. It was fucking... Wuhan lab leak and all this. But is that what we really want the sheep to believe? Because isn't that just also confirming that like now that now the sheep can be like, yeah, but like but you've been denying that it was um was a threat, you know? This just proves that there is a virus. So maybe now you do you want to wear a mask now? And you and you're like, no. I'll never fucking wear a mask. And then they're like, but it's a bioweapon. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a serious one. Right? So like which is it? Is it a Wuhan lab leaked bioweapon? Or is it all just a giant facade? Anyway, her handle is uh Nikki Lynn 12. This woman, she is a nurse, and a lot of her accounts get deleted. So she's pretty much creating a new account, I think, every week. She does a lot of... Her videos are hilarious, um, to be honest. Like, <laughs> she's, she's really funny. It's almost, like a, it's almost part, partly comedy as well. And she's really calling out all these, like, maskers for what they are. Just, like, idiot sheep that are just fucking... Go, going along with this narrative, this pandemic narrative. And they're the ones who are just, like pulling all of us down with them. Like I've said a couple times now, like I didn't know how dangerous someone who just loves following the rules could be. I never would have thought that that would have such an impact on my life as like a free thinking individual who doesn't just follow rules blindly. I always thought like, ah, whatever, you know, clearly there's idiots, there's, there's sheep out there. There's a lot of square people who can't think outside the box, who love following the rules. But I always thought to myself, well, that's not who I am. I like to think outside of the box. I like to think for myself. Car, you know, pave my, I go my own way, take the path less traveled. And I never thought that these idiots, these like, these squares, these meat robots these NPCs <laughs> would have such an effect on my life. But probably, probably if we look at history, it's always these people, the, like the weakest people in society, that when tyrannical government steps in, these are the people that they can scare into submission who don't say, who don't ask any questions. They don't say themselves like, wait, Something's not right here. Like, I'm not seeing anyone die from this. Why is everyone freaking out? 
And thank God that there's people in our society still who ask questions and fucking turn on their mind, turn off the TV, turn on your mind and still, and still think for yourself for God's sakes. Anyway, so this, this woman says uh, in one of her stories, keep in mind, this is, this is an Instagram post, but anyway, uh, but really good point here. Uh, and, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, Fauci is a puppet for the JWO. Okay. Now, that stands for Jew World Order. Okay. Well, you know, what I've, what I've discovered kind of recently, honestly, it kind of, it honestly is the, the, the Zionists. Okay. Notice how anytime that someone even mentions like George Soros or the Rothschild, Rothschild family or like a lot of like the real, like... Now, George Soros is just kind of an agent, right? But like if you mention like the Rothschild family or maybe some anyone who uh, who's a little bit higher up, right? If you were to talk badly about them, how or if you even mentioned like Zuckerberg or something like this, right? In a in a in a bad way, a negative way, they might call you anti-Semitic. That's their way of like deferring and censoring people. It's a little bit closer to the truth like it is the zionists for for a, that's a big part of it maybe some of the ruling uh ruling class families the the elite um bloodlines maybe they're not all jewish but <laughs> or zionist maybe is a better word but some of them are and for sure a lot of the banking cartel central banker types are a lot of the hollywood Types are, corporate elite are, right? Uh, you know, in, in for politics, like American politics, yeah, no, they're clearly not, they're, they're not a lot of, uh, not a lot of uh, Jews or, you know, like you got Trump, Biden, Clinton, right? But it is the Zionists. It's a big part of it. They were behind uh, the Bolshevik Revolution, you know. They're usually they're just behind these behind these communist takeovers, right? They're pretty much just they're running the show. They are the puppet masters. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> didn't mean to go off on so, so much of a tangent there. Uh, Fauci is a puppet for the JWO. Anyone saying he is behind this is fucking retarded. She uses the word retarded a lot. Hope I hope that doesn't offend anyone. That's. Uh, <laughs> Anyone saying he's behind this is fucking retarded. He reads scripts like the rest of the actors do. Want to hold someone accountable? How about your idiot neighbor who went along with the scam? Your mother who wore a mask. Hey, my mom wears a mask, unfortunately, um, as many of our mothers do. Uh, yourself for sharing bullshit. Hashtag just saying. Then she's got another one here. The MSM, mainstream media, is working overtime to get you to believe there is really a convid virus. Now there are leaked Fauci emails. This shit is comical to me. And there are actual retards sharing that, sh that shit as though it's some grand discovery and not an MSM ploy like the rest of this bullshit. The amount of stupidity out here blows my mind. Like, so the reason why I like this is 
too many people right now are just thinking like, this is it. This is the end. The whole thing's coming to an end. The whole thing's unraveling. The veil's being completely lifted. And I mean, to a lot of extents, it is. A lot of people, more people are waking up, right? There is a bit of a mass awakening going on, right? But we can't just think that these Fauci emails are going to be it. I don't think that these Fauci emails are it. I don't think that the whole thing's just going to end tomorrow. If it fucking does, amazing. <laughs> we'll have a giant freedom fighter party. Uh, but yeah, like when people see the mainstream media pushing this stuff, right? That should, people's first question should be, why? Why is this on the mainstream media? If it's like kind of confidential information and the M and the mainstream media is 90% bullshit, then, then how are they using this as propaganda? What's going to be their spin? What's going to be their way of using this against the people? Because as far as I'm concerned, that's all mainstream media is really used for. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Debunk Daily. Keep spreading the word, stay strong, and remember, it's not a conspiracy theory if it's blatantly obvious and staring you right in the face. Take care, guys. Thank you.